Welcome back to the Nullified Take channel here on YouTube. We've got the TNT takes for you on the Challenge USA, also streaming live today on Reality Realness with three S's. That's right, myself and Drew, we're back here to talk about the Challenge USA episode 10. But just like the Fab Five was without cash this week, we're sadly without Chantal because she's got some other commitments. So it will be the boys holding it down here on this Friday evening, talking about this latest episode. Um, we're sad not to have it, but we're very happy to have everybody here in the live with us today. Drew, how are you doing? You sounded a little bit under the weather. Um, how are you holding up? I'm doing better. I mean, I was hit really hard um, Tuesday morning uh, with a sickness that I couldn't even like look at my screens or be at my computer for more than five minutes without feeling like I wanted to throw up. But today uh, I've been resting up this whole week and today I felt the best I've felt. And as you can tell, I'm congested. So that's saying something. If today is the best I've I felt and I sound like this, but I'm happy to be here, happy to talk about the episode because I really haven't gotten a chance to do much challenge work this uh this week besides doing my review and recap really quickly so i'm happy to be here yeah i mean it's one of the things i think that you know for those people who checks you know who watches all of the content each week and that jump on the angel cake entertainment channel you do a lot when it comes to the challenge and it's not like you know when you get sick it's not like you can you know call in sick to work you know you're working for yourself and you're doing all this content so you still got to get it done some somehow uh and we're very happy to have you here and we're very happy to get you to talk you know you're a great brain when it comes to the challenge and we're definitely going to tap into that here today as we talk about this latest episode of the challenge i just want to say hello to everybody here on the live we've got lovable nikki um keeping the chat back in order not that the chat's misbehaving at this stage lovable nikki welcome back we've got chris We've also got Patricia Rose, made it here early. And then we've got a new person here to the live, Demetria Williams. First time in the TNT live, welcome. We like seeing new people jump on here as well. We've also got Taj, Taylor, Patricia, Diva, uh, quite a few people here in the live. And even those that don't comment, thank you. Thank you for checking this out here today. Um, what an episode. So, you know, we're going to continue to see this trend in this episode of Angela just absolutely running this house now drew i know you're not the biggest fan of angela because of the confessionals and you find her a bit bland but i think at this stage you've got to admit she is probably the player when it comes to her athletic ability and even i would say strategically i think she's just absolutely dominating this season yeah i mean competitive wise and stats wise she is doing an incredible job when taking a look at what she brings to the challenge on paper I think you can't deny or you can't really disrespect her because she comes out and impresses everybody by being the only person to finish this challenge, which was a very daunting challenge, I would say. I mean, three minutes, I knew once TJ said three minutes, I was like, "There's, I don't think anybody's going to make it, Like, especially the mm. guys. I didn't think a lot of the guys were going to make it, um, but Desi and Angela really kicked it into gear that last round, and I I mean, if Angela didn't finish, Desi was going to win that. So it's very impressive. I think Desi and Angela could give each other a run for their money, but Angela is absolutely destroying everybody, especially on the winning dailies portion of this of the season. Yeah. Um, Chris here saying Angela is an amazing athlete, but not all athletes are <laughs> meant for TV. Now, I will say this, though. Um, I hear what you're saying there, Chris, but by her being stone cold and just not caving into people actually caused drama. So I don't know if it doesn't create any TV. I do think it creates some TV. It creates a little bit of drama between different people not being happy that she's not willing to bend. And she's not afraid to go against the Big Brother Alliance here this episode either. You know, she's not Big Brother strong for any reason. She's like, hey, I'll, I'll stick with the Survivor guys. Yeah. I mean, I think it also comes off the, the cold, but also it comes off a little bit naive when she is talking to David and then she gets frustrated about going up against Enzo and then Enzo is frustrated with her about going up against David. And she's like, I just didn't expect this to happen. It's like, what did you expect to happen? Like, did you think they were just be like, okay, that's fine. I totally get it. Like I, I, I assumed I was going to go in. I mean, I don't know. It, and I also want to know if there were more chats with these two, like outside of things, because they seemed super blindsided by Angela even thinking about putting in Enzo against David, which is odd, in my opinion. Now, there are some guys that could be cut. You know, there are some guys. I feel like 
if you could cut Enzo, David, and or Dom before the the finals, you're pretty good. You're pretty happy with any of those people going home. If you're a woman, not wanting to be partnered with any of them. Um, but I I don't know. I just she came off very like nobody. You guys don't deserve to be here when she decided to put them up against each other. And I don't know. I I, I felt like that was poor sportsmanship more so than just being cold and cutthroat. But that's just my opinion. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, and I get it. I think you know when it comes to when it comes to the the move that was made. I think one of the reasons that they felt so betrayed. If you go back to uh, Big Brother All Stars, both David and mm-hmm. um, Enzo had a reasonably good relationship with Tyler. So I would imagine that Tyler probably hooked her up with these boys, and they were probably going to look out for each other to a certain degree this season. But as the season progressed. Angela has realized that both Enzo and David, they're not winning a lot of the dailies, you know? So I think David did one, one daily at least, but let's be honest. If you're Angela, you're not going to, you're not going to hook yourself to a sinking ship right in this moment. You're going to be trying to get the guys, the Ben's, the Tyson's, the Danny's. Those are the people that you really want to look after you. So I think she made a great calculated decision. I think it was cold definitely because she cut out two people who probably felt close to her due to that Tyler connection. But I do think ultimately this was the right decision and it caused some drama. So I'm still of the camp that, you know, at least that gave us something on TV, even if her confessionals couldn't be bland at times, like I'm team Angela at this stage. Like, I mean, and I know I'm biased, but I feel like she's, she's doing good. She's, you've got to give credit. Like you said, and I know you're giving her credit. We're trying to be critical and look Mm -hmm. at all angles here, but I think that's probably why they felt a little bit aggrieved is because of the Tyler connection, which maybe it's not being explained well by the show at this point. um, I would say, but one of the things I did want to talk about, you mentioned that the daily um, we were given three minutes. They had to do this pegging on the, you know, it's like this big peg board and they're on a, a, a truck and they've got to get from one end to the other end, get up it and then you know finish it by hitting the buzzer at the end. And they struggled. Why do you think that is? Do you think that the challenge overestimated how quickly these people would do it based on the fact that they normally have people coming back every season that work these things out a lot quicker? Do you think that played a role? I, you know what I do, I, you know what I think really played a role is when they were scouting for uh, places to hold this daily challenge, they found this runway and they calculated it to what would be the speed of the truck to make this way more difficult. And by the time they figured out the speed, the truck would get through the runway within three minutes. And so they were like, we can we can't turn this truck around like that. Like we would have to go, then we would have to get the guys off, swap the truck around and then go back again. So I think that when they were doing it, they were like, well, we can only go one way for three minutes. So that's why they decided to put the six pegs for everybody to place wherever they wanted to using the little battleship board, because they were like, this is going to be absolutely impossible if we don't give them at least some help. So I think they knew that this was going to be very daunting and they knew that they could at least give them some strategic, strategical help. Um, but ultimately I think that they just didn't have a big enough runway to make this a little bit more contested where people could make it and then ring the, get the smoke out or pull the cord. In my opinion, that's what I think happened. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing when you've got these challenges and you've got to find, like, I don't know how much work they do ahead of time to scope out what they can do where territory-wise, like when they're in Argentina, okay, we can do this challenge here, we could do that challenge there, and how far they plan in advance, because we know that in the finale, sometimes they plan a couple of roadblock or uh, checkpoints in advance and people can if they run the wrong way they might actually get to a checkpoint too quickly so who knows how they plan this thing out but um it was definitely in my opinion the daily was flat because of the fact that only you know it was exciting to see angela beasted out and to be a female and that's another thing um let's let's be real here like in the challenge history a lot of the times the male competitors have been the ones that have had all the shine on them uh, in the history of the show where it's great to see a female just come in here and just boss it and and do better than any of the guys here this specific episode uh, like you said desi probably could have finished this as well if she was up against anyone else she pr- probably could have been there as well but angela is a beast and she gets it so she deserves all of that but um ben is the one who wins it here for the guys and he just wins it by proxy of getting the furthest 
I guess, on the actual truck. Uh, what, did, what did you think of Ben's performance here, I guess, in this daily? And also Tyson, because I feel like from the men's side, there was a lot of complaining happening here, um, even from Tyson. Even if you like him, I feel like he was whining a lot about the fact that he had to go first. Yeah, I mean, he does that on his podcast too because it's the idea that it depends on the order. I mean, we've known being fans of the challenge for so long that whatever you do or wherever in the order you're at, I mean, that's going to greatly be an advantage or disadvantage. And Tyson said specifically on his podcast, this this was a huge disadvantage to go first on a challenge like this because after getting to see so many different plague, uh, peg uh, starting points and where everybody put their six, then you get to talk to people and then you get to like trial and error. Like I don't have, I, it was difficult to put my feet pegs down and then try to get over. So people started putting it just right on the, on the, the bottom uh, row. And then people were able to figure it out by the time Angela goes. And if the order is correct, the whole through, then Angela got to see everybody else go and be like, okay, well, I kind of understand what I have to do and how fast I need to do it. And I could just take two pegs and just keep on running around and get up there. And I don't have to take 30 different pegs like Tyson did, where Tyson kind of started his way up better. But then once he got to like past his first six pegs, he was having a really, really tough time. And same with yeah. David. And then Dom was able to do it. Ben was able to do it. And you better believe that um, I think Tyson said that Ben and Dom had the same strategy as Angela. They just weren't moving as fast because they're not Angela. So I think that once they got done with it and we saw how far they got because it was between Ben and Dom at the end for the guys, I think it was easy for them to be like, look, uh, Angela, we want you to win. We want you to be into power because you're going to have our backs. This is what we did. And you saw how, how we did. And now you could just try to beast it out, which she did. So I think it's it's a huge advantage. And I think that's one of Tyson's biggest um, critiques on the challenge is that people get to see in different legs and different rounds where to go. Where on Survivor, everybody just does it all at once. And there's no like learning from other people. It's just like you're doing it. You're holding this ball in between two sticks. And if you drop it, there's no like do over. There's no, oh, I should have done this. There's no help on the sidelines. So um, yeah. I, I do see it as a bit of whining, but I can see where he's coming from being from the survivor realm. And it just doesn't seem like he's having that fun of a time anyways, when you're listening to his podcast. <laughs> yeah. And, and I haven't, I know you've been following that very closely. I always find it's, it's, I guess this is a good podcast to listen to. Normally I try and have my own train of thought and not get influenced by other podcasters, but I mean, he, him being there, having a lot of behind the mm -hmm. scenes info is great but then also you're only hearing his side of things and his take on everything yeah. <laughs> it'll be interesting to hear other people come in because let, let's be honest you know tyson's going to be out for tyson you know i love tyson but it doesn't mean that we can't call him out a little bit if he's being whiny and i think this episode for me came across probably the most whiny i've seen so far because like lovable nikki said this is normal to the challenge like this is not a new thing this is how the show works if you've watched a few episodes of the challenge or a few seasons of it you'll know that this is something that happens all the time but it's an easy fix right drew because all they really need to do is remove the players from where it's happening like they don't need to all do it all at the same time but keep them sequestered away from people doing the daily and then they won't be able to see um what is happening while they're out there but i think that the challenge actually kind of likes doing this where uh, they want to see if players can figure it out on the day. But one of the things I'd like to know, Drew, is how do they choose the order of business? Is it a random draw? Does production choose how this works? Because I've heard people say in the past that production always makes sure that Wes or uh, Bananas or CT doesn't go first and they try and put them to the end because they want those guys to win. Do you think there's truth to this or it's just a little bit of um, you know conspiracy theorists? I mean... It's difficult. I mean, I can see where people are saying that. I mean, there have been instances in the past where it's like it somehow conveniently works out for them almost every other time or every time that they're on the challenge. But I really would love to go back to a time where whoever won the elimination would get to make the make the the order in front of us like they used to do in the past or whoever won the last week's daily challenge to get into power would make the order next week i would almost would rather the elimination winner would do it just because they need a leg up while the other person already won so it's just 
giving them a chance to keep winning over and over again, putting themselves last place. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can definitely, I've had my conspiracy theories in the past of the challenge before. So, I mean, I wouldn't put anything against them, um, but yeah, I don't know what they do now. I guess it's just random order or that's what they are trying to show us with the random order, but also with Tyson's podcast. And I know this to be a fact is that they, they switch up the order uh, randomly during the edits. So sometimes when, we see Tyson going forth. He actually went first or uh, Enzo went first. And that's how they knew that he DQ'd from not even swinging on that one daily challenge. That's why Tyson didn't care if Kira didn't finish the daily challenge because, Oh, who cares? Enzo didn't even try to swing. So it makes all that a little bit more clear, but they even tried to hide the order during the editing process anyways. So it's, it's, it's a weird situation. Yeah. Just going back here to uh, Zicha's comment saying, look who she's competing against. Um, so I believe that's Angela obviously winning. Uh, do you think that, you know, obviously Desi, like you said, she was pretty good this episode and, and potentially competed well. Do you feel like that the female competitors this season aren't as strong and, and that, you know, we should be putting an asterisk next to Angela for being as dominant as she is? Or is it just Angela being that dominant? Because for me, I kind of feel like Angela would do well. And this is why I would like to see her on the main show. I would like to see her go up against a lot of, but then again, I feel like in the recent seasons, not all of the female competitors outside of Casey have necessarily been excellent athletically. So yeah, I mean, I think the women competitors are much better than even the guy competitors uh, that are still on the on the cast. I think if anything, the guys are kind of holding everything down and kind of holding everything mid overall. I mean, you got Tyson and Danny on the one side that I think are incredible athletes who are going to be absolute beasts in the final that's going to be coming up. And then on the other side, I think. You do have Angela, who is a great competitor. You have Desi, who is a great competitor. I mean, Sarah has been leaving a lot to the imagination on kind of not doing as well. And Kayla also DQ'd this episode, which is a bummer. And Justine did somewhat well. I mean, I was I was upset that she didn't go farther, but I love Justine. I love what she's been able to do on the season. Um, but I think if anything the women are the better competitors than say the men on the season. And I don't know if he's that, that person was saying overall, because this is a older skewing crowd that doesn't go to like marathons. I don't think, and isn't working out for the challenge throughout the years to, to come yeah. back time after time after time. But then again, the main season of the challenge is skewing older. Now it's just that they, they just lift more weights, I believe, than the competitors that are on this season. They're not Enzo. They're not Dom. They're not David. They're a little bit. They're CT and they're Tori. They're Casey kind of competitors. Yeah, no, no, I agree with you on that. Um, Sam here saying Ashley is a good competitor and Laurel is as well. Yeah, 100%. I think Laurel just hasn't been on all that often recently uh, rumor has that she'll be on the next season so let's see how she does when she comes back um patricia says i know y'all aren't fans of tori uh but i'd say tori and cam are definitely women who've proven pretty good women competitors on the main show yes i agree and uh, i'm not taking shade at all of the competitors i'm just saying that i feel like there is a lot of people that are currently on the main show that aren't necessarily there because they're athletically that great but i'm a big fan of cam and um i think i don't know am i like the I've been hard on Tori at times, but I feel like, you know, I was very much Tori should have won last season. I was like, you know, she, Casey robbed her of that opportunity to win. <laughs> and I mean, to, to go over production, I should actually say not Casey's fault, but you know, for her to go up against Casey toe to toe and actually beat her for most of that finale showed that she is a good competitor. Yeah. A hundred percent. It was the format. I mean, you can't get a, on Casey for winning when she was presented the format and the choice and, 10 out of 10 times people would pick ct like come on now like just because tori has been doing better she wouldn't just be like oh, okay well i guess i'll pick kyle or i guess i'll pick Devin because i don't deserve ct it's like no she got the choice she got the free win from going against her girlfriend she got the she got ct as her partner and locked in that win so yeah don't hate the player uh, hate the game at this point yeah the hangout room uh zoe welcome to the live stream says that the females are killing it this season 
Uh, totally agree. They are doing a really good job here this season. Uh, we had a few more things here as well. I think Hangatrim said very disappointed last week at the girls for strategically not sabotaging Angela, which we'll agree that probably should have been done. But probably a bigger one for this episode here, Drew, was the fact that um, Ben got in some power, even though you know deservedly or undeservedly, I almost thought TJ was going to say, that's it. You didn't finish. We'll just have Angela in power because she's the only <laughs> one who deserves to be in power. But obviously that's not how the show works. She, he does get power. He does go into the hot seat with Angela and he has an opportunity here to take a swipe at a male competitor, someone that potentially could give him difficulty going into a finale. Plus he's got this great relationship with Enzo. They call it each other Benzo. That came from nowhere. <laughs> um, and he's got an opportunity to save his boy, but Angela just steamrolls him and gets her way here. Yeah, I mean, this, so we were talking and we were talking about being critical of Angela. I'm more critical of Ben in this situation because, come on now, this is like, we're so close to the finals. Like, this is it. Like, we need to push at all costs uh, of trying to make a big move here because there's no way. I mean, there's no way that if you're going into a final, I mean, I guess if you have Angela as your partner or Desi and say Tyson doesn't have either of those two players that maybe has Sarah who maybe could lag behind a little bit and maybe DQ on some of the parts like she did in, in the daily challenge today. Like maybe you could like make yourself believe that you could beat a Tyson or Danny in a finals, but come on now. Like if I'm a dude, I want David, I want Enzo in the finals with me. I want to take at least a shot. Even if I don't believe David could take on anybody. I mean, I'm really pushing for uh, like Tyson to go in. He, I mean, he said it like he said his name. I don't know why David would say Tyson's name. I guess let's, let's just take him out now before he goes to a final or he beats me now in an elimination or beats me in the final kind of, kind of deal. So, I mean, I would, for Ben to not push harder. I mean, let's not say I didn't expect him to push any harder or have this tension with Angela. I mean, it lasted a night, but it would have been a great move to try to push some somebody else. And on Tyson's podcast, he even said that Angela came into the room after Ben was like holding his ground, not saying Enzo's name. And they were kind of compromising on Dom. I mean, Angela came over to uh, Tyson and was like, we might have to send Dom in to elimination against David. And Tyson was like, OK, that's fine with me. It's not my name. So I'm not that sold on Dom. So, I mean, he would have been able like that would have been not the best move for Ben, but I mean, if anything, I would rather have David or Enzo, especially how they gassed out so quickly in the balls in, I would want to see them in the finals. Cause I don't think that they're going to be able to keep up with me if I've been training and running up mountains and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I was shocked that, you know, he went against what Angela wanted, didn't give her anything at that point and pretty much showed his hand to her saying that I want to, put in someone else i don't want to put in enzo i want the best opportunity to win the finale and then he went back on that because to me if you're putting it out there strategically that you're going to make this move you've got to follow through because everybody in the house now is aware that you wanted to make that move so if there for yeah. any reason was an additional round still in the game you know people would still come for ben just based on the fact that he wanted to do it but now he didn't even get the benefit of doing it if that makes sense i don't know if it makes sense it makes sense in my head no, it's 100% makes sense Like everybody knows your intention. It knows yeah. that they know that, hey, I have the ability to have these thoughts and to go against our alliance. So now you don't even take that shot. Now Enzo's back in the game. Now it's like, OK, now does Ben 100% now that he feels guilty for throwing in Enzo and now he's back in the game. Now is he like even doubling down with Enzo, with Benzo to where if something happens and we have somewhat whatever, another guy's. Uh, elimination or there's another place to get into power maybe in the finals like what happened in total madness where they had another elimination in the middle of the finals i mean who's to say that ben wouldn't just be vouching for enzo at that point and be like i'm gonna throw in danny versus tyson because he had that thought process already so i totally understand where you're coming from yeah uh, just very bizarre move from ben not to follow through and i wonder if his previous game in Survivor where he fell on the sword for friends of his in the game and ended up, um, I think, you know, just doing himself a disservice in that season. Maybe that's playing in the back of his head where he's like, I can't 
fall on the sword again for another friend here and then end up falling short in this season. I've got to look out for myself. But like we said, he showed the intent to do something. He didn't follow through with it. So I think ultimately that's going to come back to bite him. But the other part of this is that if you were to do your numbers, I don't know if these people were not told how many weeks they were going to be there because clearly there's not that much game left to be played. So how many opportunities are people going to have to take a stab back at him? Because Angela was using that as a threat. She's like, hey, if you go against the Alliance, you know, everybody's going to come for you type of thing. But is there even a means round left? There isn't a means round left. This was the time to make the move. And we get frustrated at people season after season for not making this move against like someone like a CT as well. You know, like if they don't make the move against CT in the last round or the second last round, what are you doing with your game? It's one of those thought processes that you would think with people who played Survivor, you would be able to see further ahead. Unless your whole end game is just to make it to the finals. To me, Ben, I think, wants to win. But his winning strategy was to gather other numbers on his side than be Survivor strong for so long. To where at this point, there's no going back. Like you said, he already made this deal with Angela to be all survivor guys and Angela and Alyssa. And now he's in too deep. Like there is no other numbers to gain on this side. So if there were to be another men's elimination, which there isn't, I mean, this is tough. This is a tough spot to be in when he should have been making friends when there was still 28 people left in the game and then trying to get his army to take out the stronger people in the game instead of writing the survivor strong for so long. So it's one of those things where you have to look at the bigger picture and play chess and not checkers. Yeah. I mean, Taj here saying, I feel like if Ben knew that this was the last male alum, he would have pushed harder for Tyson or at least Danny. And then he follows up by saying, this is why they should tell people how many people are going to go to the final. Or if they don't tell them how many people are going to go to the final, at least let them know there is 13 rounds in this game or 12 rounds in this game. So people kind of have an idea, but I think that, Production still thinks it's better to keep people on edge, not let them know because of the the pure reaction that they may have to, oh, wow, it's finals right now. We're doing the final straight after the elimination, which is probably going to happen next week. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know. I've gone back and forth because Chantel is always a preacher of tell everybody what the format is, what the twists are, what how many how many legs there are going to be and let them figure out the strategy as they go along because then we could see some bigger moves being played as we're moving on to the game and i always felt like i would go back and forth but i finally figured out like that would be i think something that they should do at least for one season to see what could happen yeah because i think that could be a game changer instead of always being like, how many skulls are there going to be? How many keys are there going to be? How many eliminations? Is it going to be right next? Or is there going to be a double eviction at the end of the, at the end of this thing? Like if everybody knew, I think that with all the time that they have just sitting around, not watching TV talking, they could come up with a strategy. They could come up with a block system and figure out like what they need to do to take the next step to, further their game and be better in their game instead of all these players making scared moves and being too late to make the moves that they need to make to win because they have no idea what's lurking around the corner. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't know how they fix it. I don't know how they haven't, you know, come up with that solution themselves. Like you said, one season we've had so many seasons over 40 seasons now, probably getting close to 50. If you look at all the offshoot seasons as well, um, surely they can try it in one season to see how it works. And I do think that giving them more information will make for a better game overall. I mean, just look at how um, the, the last season, season 37 with now you're in duos. Now you're in teams of four. Now you're, playing with different people at the finale really confused things throughout the game where people didn't know what the right moves were to make at certain times in the game. And they didn't make moves because of it, because will t will CT be a part of a four man team that can help me win? You know, CT is the Oprah Winfrey of the challenge. He hands out wins. So you wouldn't want to vote him out if he was potentially going to be a part of your, your, your foursome. Yeah, that really stunk, man. I mean, honestly, nobody wanted to take a shot at him because of the team format to end the season that, that was halfway through the season they got into teams and it's like oh i want to be on the team with ct why would i try to get rid of them if i'm trying to swap the teams towards the end of the season because if this is a team final uh like cutthroat was then i want to be on his team and try to get that win and then come to find out we're splitting up we're going together we're splitting up again 
it was confusing. Like, why? Why even have all that complexity? Like, we don't want to yeah. see that. We don't want to see you guys overthink things. We just want a good competitive final and a good competitive season. So, yeah, yeah. it really some fun characters. TC and it stunk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hangout room here. Uh, thank you for the second donation of the stream. We really appreciate it. Uh, says press that like button, leave a comment and share and spread more like open to the community. Let's talk and share and support the channel. Thank you so much, Zoe. Really appreciate the love. Um, also wanted to bring up here that, you know, Kyla had a comment. She says, or he could be a he or she with its Kyla. Uh, the game ends eventually. You have to make moves. Uh, they just aren't doing it. We agree with that. Um, and also says Alyssa made her move six weeks ago. Uh, she is fine. I actually think Alyssa's game is very well protected due to the good work that Angela did. And I spoke about that <laughs> two weeks ago, three weeks ago, because Angela took Alyssa under her wing and said, she's part of my team and we're going to be working with the Survivor guys uh, and made the right move at the exact right time. So um, I didn't see Angela being this strategic player um, when she was playing Big Brother. I felt like you know Tyler was there and... Uh, Casey was there and there were other people doing a lot as well but clearly she was very tight with those three and she did go all the way to the end of that game as well uh, there is something to be said about Angela dominating two different seasons to a certain degree here and I do think she won quite a few uh, individual challenges that season as well I believe so I don't remember that season too well or yeah. not even I don't remember Angela uh, too well in that season besides her and Tyler's showmance on that uh, on that season so um, but I, I remember her being really strong, a strong competitor, making it very far with Casey and Tyler and then having to walk out the door because it was Tyler and Casey uh, final two. But she is coming out very strong. And I think that Alyssa benefits from making the moves to get rid of all of her numbers and getting really cozy with with Angela, because if not for Angela, I think Alyssa would have been targeted sooner rather than later. And so I think that Alyssa is very much benefiting from Angela making that deal with the Survivor guys, but also getting in good with her social game with Angela. And I think it helps that she had all the Big Brother 23 players eliminated super early to where she could flex a little bit more of her social game on other players instead of being grouped in with how big uh, numbers of Big Brother 23 players were influxed into the game. I mean, once you take out all those numbers, now it's like, oh, she's a free agent. She's not working exclusively with Big Brother 23. Now she can come in over here and we're we're good to go kind of thing. So I think it really benefited her by having all of our numbers depleted, even if Derek X was a casualty that she did not see coming. Yeah. And how, how surprised are you? I, I guess you'll probably say not that surprised, but, you know, Sarah is completely isolated herself now from survivor at this point she's she's completely written off desi desi is no longer a part of the group the fab five is dead it's just going to be her and kayla and justine running this game on their own now i don't know what the new alliance name for those three would be um but they're going to try and do it separately to everybody else uh, i'm surprised you know i know you you might say yes that is just her she's a bracer she's not good but i feel like we always heard on survivor she's this great social player and that that's the reason she won the season that she won because socially she was strong. Uh, this season just it's not been it's not been Sarah's season. I feel bad because you know she's my number one girl. I picked her very high. I want her to do well, so I feel bad for myself. But you know <laughs> she is really struggling here this season, Drew. How surprised are you that things are unfolding in this way that she is now not even getting along with Ben, who's supposed to be real life friends with her? It's weird. I mean, it's really weird because I mean during Winners at War. I watched back a previous seasons of Survivor and I watched her Game Changer season, which she won. I remember watching Kai Gai Yen and Winners at War. And I mean, she just seemed like she was always like had a plan. She was put together. She had her confessionals. She wasn't too panicky on some of those on those episodes. I don't know if it's because she was getting the winners edit that they weren't promoting her as someone that is is um is panicky or running around kind of trying to get the numbers and worried and looking over her shoulder every single point. Um, but I would think in Survivor, she would be more paranoid or we just didn't get to see it. It just seems like we're seeing a completely different person, a completely different player in the challenge. And I don't know what the element is. I don't know if it's having more Survivor players. I don't know if it's people not not 
vibing with her as much the the difference of personalities that are grouping along with the uh, survivor players that they're not really wanting to team up with sarah when she could easily do that in a in a tribe of uh eight or uh four or 16 players that were just in the game so i don't know i'm i'm confused because when looking at the the players i was thinking sarah and angela were going to be going head to head throughout this game going back and forth back and forth uh trading off wins maybe trying to be outdo each other but sarah just hasn't shown up honestly mm-hmm. in my opinion so it's it's weird it's weird to see this type of sarah where maybe we were getting the wrong type of uh type of edit with survivor and maybe this is more yeah. truer to her character well i will say there were snippets of it in um winners at war where she had i i remember a couple of disagreements with tony black greatest ever play survivor um clearly he's got some good reads you know a uh, bit of a crazy guy as well for those that have never seen survivor you know <laughs> can go from winning to last to winning but you know great player great strategic <laughs> mind um and there was a couple of times i remember when tony blindsided her taking out sophie she was not very happy with him and um she was freaking out at him quite a lot there where we could see a little bit of this part of her personality and then also later in the season uh she did something where she gave her reward to someone else i forgot who it was where tony was saying hey you're putting a target on yourself and she just did not want to take any advice Mm. about strategy from anyone else but herself and there was definitely times i could see the stubbornness that we're seeing here this season but i think (laughs) most of all what really is getting her this season is angela like Angela is yeah. like the kryptonite Sarah because Angela is so dominant. And that's why I love the rivalry and seeing these two people go against each other. I think this is a true rivalry that is being created on the show. And one that I personally would be excited to be forced to work together because I don't think they like each other. I think it would be fireworks. I think they would be a strong team, funny enough, if they could get their act together. But I'm enjoying this. It just makes me want to see more people get not getting along like can we please casting get more people like this that are just like you know oil and water to each other and they just don't mix yeah i mean if they were to be paired up in like a rival season i mean i could think of them as being like a Kara and laurel type of competitors where they are physically dominant uh they might not work with each other in the beginning uh, but they'll slowly learn as they're not going to be targeted too often, I would believe. They probably would see some eliminations if they got last place in daily challenges, which they probably would in the beginning. But I I just wouldn't bet against them because they are such a strong team. And I think that they would be able to work together in an elimination to set aside their differences and to try to win on a uh, focused goal of trying to stay in the game and stay alive. Yeah. Um, CD Max saying that it's the winner's edit um, for Sarah in those seasons, well, especially the season that she won. Um, that's why we probably didn't see much of that side of her personality. And then sure. the hangout room here is saying the challenge is comfortable. And as soon as we stop watching, they will get a picture. They won't get the picture um, that they aren't good. We will promote and talk about them. Uh, I think the key thing here, and I think that's to do with the format and not telling people about things ahead of time, uh, is that podcasts that do criticize i don't know if there is many podcasts like i feel like we we try and be balanced sometimes we can go really towards one side (laughs) and really go hard at the show but we try and be balanced obviously we love the show we wouldn't be talking about it week in and week out like i told drew before we went live here we've been talking nothing but the challenge since the beginning of the year Um, and we do it because we love the show we love the potential of what the show could be i think it should sit at the top three or four reality tv shows with the big boys like and and girls like survivor amazing race big brother the challenge you know it should all just be right at the top um for me personally and i know some people will go towards the love shows i'm just not personally that into it but i understand why a lot of people like it um so for me i love the show but i think that podcasts like ours where we do criticize maybe share it put it out there on twitter say hey i agree with you drew and chris and Chantel that the challenge that something wrong here this episode and maybe just try and spread the word of the podcast and as we grow maybe who knows we'll be able to get through to people and um they'll see it because definitely the challenges aren't going to be criticizing the show that's why you don't want to be listening to any of the bananas and the the challenge mania they're good podcasts for behind the scenes insights but they're not going to be criticizing the show because they want to go back on it and play it again right I would I've never actually listened to the Bananas podcast, but I know that Derek has a very big like he loves production like he calls them gods like the challenge gods. So, I mean, if you're if you're going to take some advice from a guy who's uh, calling production challenge gods, like, 
I feel like we know where he stands on production. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't think that a lot of them and, and even the official challenge podcast will go hard on the things that are not working that well. Um, in any case, still good listen, I'm sure, because they'll have info we don't have, but um, just mm. for different reasons. So let's talk about the, I guess, the elimination here. We get the matchup between David and Enzo. They're friends. They were friends um, in the Big Brother house. I feel like David really values this friendship even more so than Enzo um, because Enzo did end up betraying him in that season uh, and he really didn't want to go up against Enzo. Enzo is still upset about this as well but most of all is you've got two friends here going up against each other in a bit of a physical one um, and Danny sort of pointed out on the sidelines that whoever actually puts the friendship aside is the one that's probably going to win but ultimately you know I like these headbangers but I felt like it was a little bit flat because their energy just wasn't there and, and again just the fitness levels is just not it's not the same as seeing like a Corey or a Nelson go down in a headbanger. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I will say that give respect where respect is due. The guys went 110% the whole time they were running on empty. Uh, and too bad that by round two, they were both empty. So, I mean, we were seeing them running in slow motion, banging into each other. I will say that I'm glad it wasn't like too lopsided because it's like, we see, jasmine versus laurel and uh leroy versus kahuta rogan versus jay and it's like well i don't want to watch this 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 is rough to watch but this was also rough to watch even on a even playing field i do want to call out like a little bit of david it's like dude you are like half enzo's age what are you doing training like i i can't I, i can't fathom why david couldn't like out juke him out muscle him at some point outlast him like what is he doing on the treadmills did he do any physical training cardio training to get ready for this because i would have thought that david could have gotten at least a few more points at least two points but it seemed like they ran out of gas right away like after round one i read somewhere that round one took maybe 10 minutes from a comment uh, in my comment section randomly i don't think that that guy's part of production so i don't know if he knows uh but tyson said that it took overall 30 minutes the whole like 20 to 30 minutes it is long so i have to i have to give respect where respect is due it just wasn't thrilling to watch it was grueling i'm sure being there and watching these two guys like trying to win uh but as a fan who like you said we watched um bananas versus Darrell an invasion of the champions we watch Abram versus Brad and Inferno it's like we watch those and we love those and Enzo's getting the sample platter of the challenge doing a hall brawl and now balls in but it just did not it just did not hit for me yeah it, it definitely something didn't feel it didn't feel right 100 percent, and and it was a little bit flat for me but Again, like you said, I had the same thoughts going into it. I was like, David's younger than him. He's been training. All we've heard about this whole season is how, even though a lot of the girls don't want to be paired with him, they do admire his work ethic when it comes to getting into the gym and doing some stuff, you know? And um, Mm -hmm. he keeps talking this whole season about the fact that, you know, he wants to win this. This is his dream or whatever. Uh, So you kind of feel like he's going to go in there with a little bit more uh, energy, but then he falls flat. Now, someone that have been in the ring doing physical stuff like karate back in the day, you, know, you do three minute rounds and you're gassed because you know, you're using your whole body. So if you're going to be out there for 30 minutes, like, I mean, I would have probably looked worse than them, to be honest, if I was out there. So um, <laughs> hats off to them for at least going at it, but there must've been a lot of like them just cutting the editors, just cutting out bits where they're lying on top of each other or just wrestling and not really moving. Like, I feel like there would have been a lot of those standoffs where nothing would have been happening. So um, they probably really struggled to get some really good, action shots because even getting the ball in uh the strategy was throw the ball close to wherever the the in goal zone was and then run and go pick it up and and put it in that's kind of what won it for enzo at the end but um exciting in the fact that it was competitive but outside of that yeah it it was a bit of a miss for me i would have loved to have seen uh, like someone said in the live here earlier maybe like uh, an angela versus sarah i think we would have again the females probably would have brought it more this episode i feel like i think so 
I mean, yeah, we were talking earlier. I think the females are uh, absolutely incredible this season, and they are way more uh, competitive than I say the guys on, like being a little bit more evenly uh, competitive, where I think you have Danny and Tyson who would have been easily able to outmatch any of the guys in that elimination, uh, just even out staminaing them, uh, if that is a word. So, yeah. <laughs> well, it is now. You just created it. <laughs> uh, let's look at the, the tables. And I tell you what, Drew, like, I actually feel uncomfortable with being in the lead. I, I just, I don't know how I did it. Like, I mean, Enzo goes up against David. I was ready to lose Enzo. I nearly had him off the board when I saw the matchup. But David does end up going down here, which still leaves yeah. me with quite a bit of players left in the game at this stage. Uh, kind of feels like mine to lose, but we'll we'll talk about the points pretty soon. Uh, I do know that Chantel still has three very, very capable people, and I could easily see them being uh, number one, number two for the females, and Tyson winning this thing out. So it's probably not over yet until the end, because anything could still happen at this point. But let's talk about, before we go into the points, let's talk a little bit about the women that's left in the game. We, we've been complimenting them the whole time. We've been saying that they're the best players probably this season. They're, they're really showing the men up here. Uh, we've got Sarah, Kayla, uh, Alyssa, Justine, Angela, and Desi. But sadly, not all of them are going to make the finale. What do you think? What, if you had to put your Nostradamus hat on and sort of forecast next week, who do you think is most likely to win and who's most likely to be, end up going into the arena fighting for their life? I mean, it's hard not knowing that knowing seeing a little bit of the what the challenge is going to be, which is like running around a giant haunted house during the night, trying to move a tire and doing puzzles. I mean, it's hard not to put your money on Angela because she's won so much. Um, Desi has always been really, really strong. I, I just think those two competitors are my top in winning for the women and staying safe. In my opinion, that's what I think could happen. Um, I think I'm sad to say, but I think possibly um, knowing that this could be the final women's elimination and everybody is like trying to put on their thinking caps and everything. I'm I'm going to say all three of your women are in a very precarious situation uh, with Sarah, Kayla and Alyssa. Uh, I mean, Alyssa does have the ability to stay out of elimination thankfully because everybody but Enzo is in an alliance with her on the guy side. But if somehow Enzo wins, maybe you would take a shot at uh, Alyssa. Maybe not. Um, But I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird because when we get to this point in the game, if Angela doesn't win into power to save like Alyssa, Alyssa is like the bona fide choice of possibly going in because of her stature and it's always plays out this way. It doesn't matter how many times you win. It doesn't matter who your social ties are to. I mean, we saw this with Big T in the double agents, not trying to come come not trying to piss anybody off by comparing Big T with Alyssa, but I'm just saying that they are similar height, similar build. And I think that if any one of those women find themselves in last place, where is Desi, which is Sarah, which is uh possibly Kayla I mean and they have the opportunity to pick who they want to be up against I'm thinking they're gonna all say Alyssa I want to take on Alyssa I think it could be a physical elimination or I think it could be something else maybe a hall brawl uh, for the women's side and I wouldn't mind going into elimination against Alyssa and taking her out if not I could see maybe Sarah being sabotaged again if there's another sabotage but no woman wants to go into elimination but you know Sarah's going to want to call out Angela or Alyssa again. So I think that yeah, the possibilities are endless, but I think that your three women could be in a very precarious situation, especially with Sarah and Kayla DQing. And Kayla DQed twice this season so far. So you don't want to see her DQ on this last challenge. Yeah, yeah. no, and, and I agree with you. I mean, you pretty much hit the nail on the head here with who potentially is in danger. I do think Sarah maybe squeaks by next week based on the fact that even though maybe the men, they think she's a difficult person to deal with, maybe they still think if we do get paired up with her, she'll be able to hold her own weight, being an ultramarathon runner in a finale where potentially running will be a thing. Um, But 
I would say my money at this stage is going to be on Kayla and Alyssa, sadly, to for, for my team uh, to be at the bottom and potentially be in danger here next week. It, it's hard to go against Angela potentially winning again this next one and making it what it would be a fifth daily for the season. She's been winning a lot of them. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see which one of the men win and if they would actually stay true to um, the Alliance or not and uh, if they'll keep both Alyssa and Angela safe. But I, I do think Chances are good for Alyssa and, and Angela. You know, Alyssa could probably be kept safe by Angela if she wins at this stage. So I, I would say I'm probably the most fearful for Kayla at this point. Uh, and I don't know where Justine sits. Like I just being a part of the the trio between herself, Sarah, Kayla, and Justine. Both Kayla and Justine in reality could be in danger here. Um, and this one, but I think Kayla more so because she hasn't proven herself. Love you, Kayla, if you listen to this, but she hasn't proven herself as much <laughs> at dailies as Justina's because Justina's actually won one. Has it? Well, Kayla's won one as well, though, but she hasn't been disqualified yeah. as much. Man, it's hard to keep track with these, yes. <laughs> these different um, <laughs> outcomes because it's been so many weeks of this. But yeah, so I guess I don't want to be unfair to Kayla either. She has won a daily, Justine's won a daily, but Justine's won eliminations, Kayla's won, but I think the only difference between them is probably the DQs, right? Yes, Justine has DQ'd only once on the season, uh, but Kayla's done it twice. But as Chris yeah. was saying, she DQ'd on men's days. So there is the possibility that maybe she threw them so she wouldn't have blood on her hands, but I don't That's know. That's fair. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the points, Drew. Tell us where are we sitting at the moment between the three teams? I mean, do I really have to keep on saying my points? I mean, I'm clearly in last place. I have two very strong competitors with King Danny and Queen Justine. Uh, but I only go up 20 points and I go from 224 to 244 with Danny having 53 points and Justine 49 points are my last. That's my last two players. So I'm clearly in last place and I'm not going to make up any single inch. Uh, as we see on Team Chantel, she is past the 300 club. She has 302 points. She went up 28 points from 274 to 302. Her number one score is Tyson with 69 points. Angela with 63 points. Desi has 42 points. And Chris, I mean, not only do you keep like the lead, but you keep gaining more and more points. Because I got 20 points. Chantel got 28 points. You got 43 points this week. So you went from 340 to 383. Um, so you have a clear 81-point advantage right now on Chantel. Uh, but, oh. Chris, you, your leading scorer is, of course, Sarah with 68 points. She's getting a lot of confessionals lately. Uh, even with the DQ this episode, she has uh, 68 total points. And your leading men score is Dom with 54 points. Enzo has 52 That's points. That's so, so bizarre. Very close. That's so yeah. bizarre because I feel like Dom has not been like really all that much <laughs> in front of the screen or hasn't won that much in recent times. Like I would have thought Ben with winning some dailies would catch up, but clearly he's still behind by quite a quite a margin. Um, <laughs> mathematically, is it still possible for anybody else to win, or can I can I like sink it in right now? Because what, what, what do we have for a win? Is it fifty points a win? Uh, it is fifty points a win. So if say Angela, so say if Team Chantel gets all their players to the finals, that's ten points mm. a piece, plus a hundred points if they win. Uh, if she has both the winners. So I guess there's a possibility maybe, but you still have so many players. You would get 10 points for only one person is leaving next week. So you would have a possibility of one, two, three, four, five, five, 50 points in itself, just making it all your points to the finals. Uh, if you lose one player next week, and then it's really tough to say that you wouldn't have a winner possibly, but maybe not. I mean, I mean, I have, I mean, yeah, Chantel has, has the, the front runners, I would believe with Tyson and Angela. So I, yeah. I think it's, I think, I think it could be close, but it's going to be difficult because you have so many players. You're already getting fat stacks with five players, maybe six players making it to the finals. And then on top of that, all the confessionals. And then if you have at least one winner, boom, like you hit the, you hit the ceiling. So that's crazy. I don't know. 
it's going to be close. It's going to be close. But I, I do love this uh, quote that Enzo did when he was talking about Tyson with the rich keep getting richer and this dude can win a million dollars doing whatever he wants. He looks like Jesus. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was it was fun to see a pistol for Enzo for once, not the friendly family guy, the, the, the fun older uncle vibe from Enzo this week. He was very, very upset. But um, <laughs> yeah, we've got, a, we've got a great week coming up. Obviously, finale week next week. It's going to be exciting. It's a potentially two-hour finale or however long they do it. It's two episodes in one ride, Drew. Yes, it's going to be two hours. So we're going to get the first episode, which is the women's uh, last women's elimination. And then we're going to go straight into the finals. And then I'm sure that the last, like, I don't know, the last hour, maybe hour 15, hour 20 will be the finals. And then we'll just uh, lock it in and we'll see who gets this win. Yeah, well, we should be back to more familiar times coming into next week. Uh, thank you so much for everybody. Obviously, I've been traveling a bit, finally back at home now. Uh, couldn't make it the 8 p.m. slot that we normally do it this week because I will be straight after this at 8 p.m. tonight. I'm going to be on Russell Muscle TV's channel. We're doing a YouTuber's ranking of all of the Survivor seasons, and tonight we're ranking season number 20 to season number 11. So that should be a lot of fun. So if you are around, wow. if you are a Survivor fan, go check out Russell Muscle TV. It's going to be myself, Russell Muscle, Flynn Masters, and Once Upon an Island that will be on this specific podcast. There's also previous episodes that have already taken place both on Russell Muscle TV's channel and also on Flynn Masters' channel. Uh, so that should be a lot of fun. Uh, that's happening very soon. So next week, I don't have that. We'll probably be back for the 8 p.m. time slot. We should have Chantal back for the finale as well we'll drag her here or move it if we need to uh, to get her into this one because we cannot finish this season without Chantel and her takes as well um, Drew what do you have coming up on your channel over the next week well I'm hoping to be feeling a hundred percent better tomorrow and or uh, well tomorrow is Saturday I was gonna say tomorrow or Saturday uh, but tomorrow slash this weekend and I'm hoping to get uh, a few videos out with endurance on Sunday shorts on Monday a very special rival video on for, from the challenge on Tuesday. I think next week is going to be a big, big week because I think there's going to be an announcement, um, a cast reveal possibility. Um, so I feel like I'm going to have a video on Wednesday and Thursday review and recap for this uh, finale. And then Friday, uh, possibly doing a trailer breakdown. If there is a trailer being dropped for a, supposedly new season coming out which please 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 uh so that would be great to have come out on friday but also be here um with you and chantelle talking about the challenge usa seeing this through the wrap-up and of course doing tiny table talks on patreon.com slash angel cake vids for my patrons so it's gonna be a busy week i think next week but maybe i'm right maybe i'm wrong but i think i'm gonna be right <laughs> I just I just remembered we we did our preseason fantasy draft for 38 so long ago like I mean so long ago. <laughs> the, we, we've got certified soft asking about did we have any drew rounds here today and I can't remember to be honest I don't know if I annoyed him enough but um I don't think so and that's I figured that specific one for that preseason draft pick I broke you because we, I broke you with one yeah. of my picks completely. So um, we had the sabotage element <laughs> in it for the first time. So you guys are going to enjoy that. The only problem is, Drew, if the cast looks very different, because I haven't seen anything. I The way I normally like to do it is I want to see who the cast is. Then I want to jump off, not check any spoilers out and try and stay off Twitter as much as possible because people don't care to be spoiler free on Twitter. Um, I've got no idea who's actually on the cast anymore. I heard rumors that it changed a lot from when we first did it. So we might have to reshoot it or do something different. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Like it is weird because I do want to rewatch that back. And even if it's like kind of off a little bit, I still want people to see it because I think it is really yeah. fun and really funny. Um, even I can look back at it and laugh at myself when I was getting so fuming, but yeah, I don't know. Like you were saying, there was, there's so many different things I was hearing popping up and I don't know what was true. What was not twists that were added later. Mm. And I'm like, but I thought they were added in the beginning. Like, it's just weird. Like, I don't know. I tried to stay away from all that stuff as well. So it was weird hearing some of the stuff popping up and I'm like, when did this happen? So yeah. I guess we'll be surprised when we see a possible reveal either this week or next week. Yeah, we'll, we'll plan from there and, and see what we're going to do um, in regards to the draft picks. It might have to be redone. Who knows? Um, and then we'll do it live because I think since then people have said they really enjoy being in the lives. We just didn't want people to 
keep saying hey you guys are cheating you're checking things up and we're not doing it so we're like ah let's do it way in advance but then the challenge gods happen and they just apparently changed <laughs> a lot of things since then so it's going to be interesting to see what happens but um on the nullify take channel over the next week we're going to have obviously next week 8 p.m eastern standard time on friday the finale for the challenge usa we're going to finish this thing off it's been one hell of a season to get through um, a bit longer than uh, the previous paramount plus versions that we've spoken about but we're getting there um, it's near the pointy end and then also we're starting to move closer to survivor 43 which we will start doing here on the channel and then also the amazing race usa starts at the exact same time as survivor so those will probably be the two shows that i will add to the calendar um, as we move forward and then obviously when 38 gets revealed and whenever that premieres we'll be back to talk about that here as well but over the next week uh, we should only have the challenge usa finale coming up and maybe an interview or two for survivors of africa trying to work on that right now but uh, that's it from me this week uh, it's been fun and thank you everybody in the life for taking part in the conversation we'll catch you guys next time bye bye